It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live election coverage on KSL News Radio. Jeff Kaplan, Boyd Matheson, Doug Wright, live on KSL. And joining us now, KSL News Radio's Dan Bomas is spending the evening covering that fourth congressional district race. Dan, you just heard us talking with the candidates. What are they doing to win votes through the day and into this evening? Well, uh, of course, you heard uh, Kim Coleman talking about her uh, gathering at her home where she has people. Um, uh, making calls right up and perhaps even past the uh, the moment where they can do anything about it. But uh, Kim Coleman is the only one of these four who has experience in elected office. She's served in the Utah legislature since 2015. And um, uh, she is also the one who uh, won at the convention. Of course, two ways to get on the ballot in Utah. One is to win at the party convention. And the other is to gather a sufficient number of signatures. In the 4th District, it was about 7,000, I believe. And uh, the other candidates have done that. Uh, Bridges Owens also did well at the convention, but uh, uh, the others have gone the signature-gathering route. uh, And uh, they're all, uh, with the exception of Kim Coleman, political newcomers. Now, Jay says he's been doing this for a year, and that's entirely true, but um, they haven't served in elected office in the past. Um, and um, Burgess Owens, of course, former NFL player, and uh, Jay McFarland, Trent Christensen, newcomers, qualified by gathering signatures. Uh, and as you pointed out, uh, Jay was until recently a talk show host on KSL, and uh, Christensen owns a nonprofit venture capital firm. Um, the winner, though, gets the privilege of challenging Ben McAdams. And you can say it was a very close race. The races in the 4th District have always been close. But Ben McAdams has raised more money than all the Republicans put together. (laughs) He has about $2.2 million in the bank. And uh, the Salt Lake Tribune looked at the required financial reports uh, a few days ago and uh, uh, found that Kim Coleman has raised about $575,000. Right now she has $84,000 in the bank. Now... Uh, nationwide, Republicans are going to support whoever wins the nomination tonight because they believe this is a winnable district. Yeah, I, they I believe think, that McAdams is vulnerable. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a, a, a great point and uh, and so important that the uh, whoever the winner is uh, will pivot uh, to take on Representative McAdams in his first reelect, which is always the most challenging, the one that will garner the most attention across the nation. So I don't think anyone is going to have a lack of funds. Uh, rolling into the fall uh, because the national Republicans and the national Democrats are going to dump in big, big money. Uh, and I do have to say, Dan, it is great to hear your voice and it's great to see your face on the screen tonight. And uh, we're glad you're part of our coverage team here at KSL as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. From, well, from is, my home in Bountiful. Welcome. <laughs> this this really is a targeted race, as you've alluded to, Boyd. I've been reading some of the articles on it, and just the gut feeling tells you that. I mean, th- this has become what the 2nd District used to be, of course. Correct. And you look at the, the – this is the one shot that really this time round for the federal office that Democrats really have a shot 
and you know they maintain the seat right now. Ben McAdams is is quite popular, but boy, I can remember back to uh, you know Jim Matheson. I remember that first time running for re-election. That was a tough, tough race, and usually. If someone in Ben's position is going to be unseated, or if Jim were to have been unseated at that point, it would be in that first yeah. round. And money is going to flow. How big mm-hmm. a factor do you think the PACs are going to be? And some of the uh, interesting money is going to be on this one, Boyd and uh, and Dan. Well, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who jumps into this. Utah has the unique ability to put as much money as. Well, of course, the federal restrictions do apply, but uh, uh, there's been a lot of money spent in this primary that is kind of unrestricted because Utah doesn't have campaign finance limits. Now, federal races do. Federal races and do. So, That's right. And, and so it'll be Except interesting. Except for that interesting see. money, because uh, Senator Hatch didn't run against a Utah. He ran against Club for Growth <laughs> and spent $10 million doing it. That's right. And, and interesting, Doug, that the, uh, the Club for Growth, of course, is, is on the right, not on the left. So his, his bigger <laughs> exactly. challenges uh, were to the right of the party as opposed to the, uh, the Democrats on the left. And, uh, and, and it is an interesting thing. I, I do think we're going to see money spent in unique ways. Again, within this coronavirus world that we are now a part of, uh, this new now that we're experiencing every day. I Again, I think this is a great test for campaigns and for candidates to prove that they can be innovative, that they can be creative, that they can connect with voters in new and interesting ways. And it makes you wonder, uh, Doug, in particular, can we stretch the party? Can the Democrats stretch their party and get new people in because they are doing things more digitally? Can the Republicans go to uh, a younger crowd than they have historically? Uh, I think there's all kinds of fascinating things that we're going to be talking about and debating in the fall. Uh, And I think there's going to be more than sufficient funds poured into the state of Utah to test a lot of those theories. And the wild card card is uh, President Trump. Of course, uh, uh, Mia Love tried to distance herself a little bit from President Trump, and it cost her. Uh, And uh, will the candidates in the 4th District now uh, try to cozy up to President Trump, and could that potentially be uh, a problem for them? Yeah. Well, you look at the the gubernatorial candidate that has cozied up to President Trump. Many of them have alluded to it. You know, hey, uh, he'll take my phone call type thing. But the person that put his arms right around and a big bear hug was uh, Greg Hughes. I remember back in, in the day. Merrill Cook, uh, who often was that that interesting candidate, kind of on uh, not only in the mainstream of the Republican Party, but often on the the more conservative end. And I remember he used to tell me that in a three way race, he could muster up anywhere from 30 to 34 percent of the vote on any given day. And in a three way race, you know, depending on how things fall, that you can win with that. That's right. Again, and again, this year, without that uh, ma- mandatory minimum of, of hitting that 50 percent mark, getting that plurality. Uh, again, we've got four candidates in this CD4 race. One of them could win technically with 25.3 percent of the vote. They could actually right. pull it off. And we so will see. Interesting. By next we week, see. perhaps. But yeah. we will see. Uh, yeah. We'll take this brief break. Our coverage will continue on KSL News Radio.